guide you into all truth. He's a guide, isn't he? He's a guide. And he'll guide us into all truth. Now, Jesus said of the word of God, thy word is truth. So he'll guide us in the word of God. He'll guide us in study of the word. He'll guide us in, in, in areas of life that, that, that have to do with truth. He, he leads us in the ways of truth. And notice this, he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Okay, so he's hearing things from the Father, no doubt, and the, and the Son. And he's omnipotent and omniscient himself, isn't he? The Holy Spirit, third member of the Trinity. And then here, look what Jesus said. And he, the Holy Spirit, will tell you things to come. How many of you want to know things to come? I mean, I want to know things to come. He'll tell you things to come as it pertains to your life and what pertains to you and what you're concerned about. Your family and so on and so forth. He'll let you know things. Now, if you, you, you can hook into him and flow with him to the point where you can, you can get to the point where just about nothing catches you by surprise. Did you get what I just said? Now, I, I don't think many Christians hook, have hooked in to him and have become sensitive, sensitive enough to him where, where that's the case. I'm still working on it. How about you? I'm talking about major stuff. You know, major stuff. Major things. He'll, he'll tell you things to come. He'll guide you into all truth. This message today is one of the most important messages you can ever hear. I like to teach on it about once a year. Uh, sometimes more, we need to know how to be led by the Spirit of God. It can save your life. It, it can save your family members' lives. So hang on everything we have to say here today because we're going to teach you how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now notice in Luke 4, verse 1, Jesus, this was after he was baptized of John in the River Jordan, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, and notice here, he was led by the Spirit. Was Jesus led by the Spirit? Yeah. Now, now you say, well, he's God. Well, he, Jesus was and is God. But in the earth, in his ministry, he didn't operate as God. He, had, he operated as a man. Always was God. 100% God, 100% man. In the earth, he operated as a man, not as God. Though he was God, Son of God, he operated as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. In this case, into the wilderness. Something I'll throw in here. I'll say it again later in this message. The Holy Spirit doesn't always lead us to the, uh, to the oasis. Did you hear me? Don't you wish He'd always lead us to the oasis? But sometimes He'll lead us in the wilderness. And he led, he led Jesus. Jesus was led by the Spirit. A lot of times people don't don't think think of that. But Jesus did not operate in this earth as God. Though he was God, he didn't operate as God. He operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. He was led. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Uh, Now, I could give you many instances of Jesus being led by the Spirit. But probably the one that stands at the top of the list has to do with the woman caught in adultery. Remember that? Now, Jesus, if you read that real close, he had just come from a time of prayer. See, so that's how you stay hooked in with the Holy Ghost, sensitive to him. 
And, uh, and, and they brought this woman, the religious hypocrites, brought this woman who was taken in adultery. They caught her. It was a trap. They laid a trap for Jesus. And they took this woman right out of the bed of adultery, brought, him, brought her down to Jesus, and said, what should we do with this woman? The law of Moses said that she needs to be stoned, and that's true. Jesus, on the other hand, had been teaching a law of love, hadn't he? Right. And now they've got Jesus caught in a in a in a catch 22, caught in a trap, so to speak, that 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 if he says uh, if he says to them, don't stone her, he's violating the law of Moses. Is that right? If he says don't stone her, then he's violating Jesus. Be violate, he, he'd be violating the law of Moses. Right. If he says, go ahead, stone her, then he's been violating what he's been teaching about love. OK. So he's caught, so choice A isn't right. Choice B isn't right. Isn't it good that we can be led by the Holy Ghost? And, and when choice A isn't right, choice B isn't right. He'll give you a choice C. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Is that wonderful? And, and if you'll if you'll read that real close, when they came to Jesus, he didn't respond right away. He, he, he knelt down and he just kind of wrote on the ground. Now, we could argue and talk about what he wrote. I don't know for sure what he wrote, but I know I believe what he was doing was biding some time. You know what I, what I mean by Biden some time? He was Biden some time. Waiting on the Holy Spirit. We need, to, we need to learn to wait on the Holy Spirit. One reason more Christians in the United States are not led by the Holy Spirit is because they don't take the time. You've got to wait on Him. He's not a microwave God. Do you understand that? You've got to learn to wait on the Spirit. That's what Jesus was doing. Now, He'd just come from a time of prayer. Sensitive to the Spirit, but even in the midst of that, he's taking time to wait on him. Waiting on the Holy Spirit, drawn on the ground. You okay? And then Jesus raises up and he says, He among you without sin cast a stone at her first. That's one of the slickest answers. I mean, that's the answer, isn't it? That is slick. Isn't that slick? I mean, that's really good, isn't it? Jesus got that off the Holy Ghost. And what did they do? They dropped their rocks. Is that right? From the eldest to the least, dropped their rocks and went home. And Jesus said, where are thine accusers? Well, they've left, Lord. And now, now notice, Jesus, according to his own words, was the only one there qualified to stone her. He didn't have any sin, did he? Did he stone her? No, he's, he, said, he said, neither do I condemn thee. And then he told her something else. Go and sin no more. So Jesus doesn't condone sin, does he? He forgives it, but he says, don't, you know, don't do it anymore. Can you see Jesus was led by the Spirit of God? Now, there's another instance. You can read it in the John's Gospel account, chapter 7. Jesus not only was led by the Spirit, but he also used his brain. I think sometimes Christians, particularly ones, and I, I, have you ever met Christians that they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? They're, they're floating around up, you know, and... The Bible says, why don't we just go to John 7, verse 1. I believe that's where it is. I don't have it in my notes, but we can turn to it. And Jesus, this is John 7, and verse 1. Let's go there. And after these things, now look at this. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea. Why? Because the Jews sought to kill him. Is he using his brain right here? Yeah. You know, uh... 
the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind and not the removing of our mind. Is that right? A lot of times, you know, Christians, they get, they get so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, and they stop using their brain. We need to use our brain. If they're going to kill you in, over there in Judea, don't go over there. Is, is that right? Let's use our brain. God wants us to use our brain. He's given us a sound mind. We need to use our brain. Nothing wrong with that. You, did, you know, I've run into a lot of Christians over the years that are seeking God about something. Seeking God about something when they didn't really need to seek Him at all. They just needed to use their brain. Did you hear me? Okay. Now, notice in Romans 8.14, let's go there. Romans 8.14. Again, get this message, it's to save your life. Romans 8.14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now that word sons of God there, that means mature. Mature children of God. Mature sons of God. You see, the mature sons of God, these are people that are born again. They've received Jesus as their Savior, but they've gotten into the Word of God. They've prayed. They've sought God. They've studied the Word. And they've grown up spiritually. And, and, and as you mature and become more spiritual... In the Lord, you get to a point where you'll be led by the Spirit. Now, immature Christians, listen here. Immature Christians are often led by all sorts of things other than by the Holy Spirit. For example, so many Christians I've met over the years aren't led. They're not led by the Holy Spirit. They're led by other people. Well, why are you going to that church? Because so-and-so goes there. Well, you shouldn't go to that church because so-and-so goes there. You ought to go there because the Holy Spirit led you there. Is that right? Well, why, why, why are you leaving that church? Well, my friend left. It, and it, friend's going over to XYZ Church over across. And I'm going there too. Well, uh, did the Holy Spirit tell you to go? Did he direct you? No, I'm just going because they're going. Well, then you're not being led by the Spirit. You're being led by so-and-so. Is that right? Is that right? A lot of times Christians are led by circumstances. And this is one that I see. And I've had to, I've had to correct myself on this one. Don't be led by open doors or closed doors. Just because a door opens doesn't mean God opened it. Huh? Or just because a door shuts, don't assume God shut it. Well, the door is open, so I'm just going to... Gonna go. No, you need to seek the Lord. Be sure that the Lord wants you to go through that door. The devil could have opened that door for you. Is that right? Or there could be a door. Sh- you know what I'm talking about? An opportunity that's shut. Well, it's just that door's closed. I guess God just doesn't want me to go through that door. No, He might want you to use your faith and knock that door down and go through that door. So you don't be led by doors opened or doors closed. You be led by the Spirit. Did you hear me? And I'll throw something else in so I don't miss it later because I want to say this. That husbands and wives, listen carefully. Here's how God will lead married couples. He leads through the husband and he'll confirm through the wife. Did you get what I just said? He'll lead through the husband and he'll confirm through the wife. Now, uh, uh, one example I could use is remember uh, how God the Father led Mary and Joseph. 
Remember when Jesus was born and you talk about saving, saving your children's life. How many of you know Herod was looking to kill Jesus? Is that right? Now, is that right? And, and Joseph, not Mary, Joseph got a dream, I believe, in the night. Is that right? Now, is that correct? And, and, and it saved it saved Jesus life. Is that right? Yeah. And so God led the first couple of Christianity, if you will, not through Mary, but through Joseph. Because he was the the husband's ahead of the wife, you see. Not the emperor or the dictator, but the responsibility of being the head. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get that? Now, did God ever speak to Mary about anything? Sure, sure, sure he did. So, So the best thing I could tell couples is God will lead through the husband and he'll confirm through the wife. Diane and I, over the many years, there's been things I felt the Lord wanted us to do. And there's been times she said, yeah, that's right, that's right. We move with it. There's been times I've gone to her and she said, no, no, just don't have peace on that. So we don't move. Did you hear me? Did you get that? We don't move until we're in agreement. Are you okay? All right. There's more I could say about it, but for the sake of time, we'll move on. So mature Christians are led by who? By the Spirit. Now, go to Psalm 119, 105. The number one way to be led by the Holy Spirit. The number one way. The number one way. There's no way to top this right here what i'm about to tell you the number one way to be led by the holy spirit let's get the answer in psalm 119 105 your word that'd be the bible right your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path what's the number one way that god leads every christian through the written word if you don't know the written word now that doesn't mean you have to have every page memorized i don't have every page memorized But I have a general working knowledge of the Bible. And and, and you just need a general working knowledge of the Bible. Just, just, you know what I'm talking about? And and that's how the the Lord will lead you. Through the written word. The word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let me ask you this. Do I need to seek the Holy Spirit and find out whether or not I need to walk in love? No, because the Bible tells me to. Right. Do I need to seek the Holy Spirit and spend 27 hours seeking him as to whether or not I ought to forgive somebody? No, the word said the Bible says forgive. Is that right? So I've already got my answer in in one second. Is that right? Do I need to seek the Lord and find out whether the Holy Ghost wants me to regularly attend church? No, Bible says To attend church regularly, right? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Is that right? But now, now listen to this. What about which church should I regularly attend? Now all of a sudden we need to seek the Holy Spirit and get His direction. See, we don't need to, we don't need to seek Him as to whether or not we should go to church. We need to seek Him as to which church to go to. Now I'll say this. Let me throw this in first. What about a Christian marrying an unsaved person? Do we need to seek the Lord about that? Absolutely not. Because the Bible says that a Christian shouldn't marry somebody that's unsaved. Okay? But, does the Bible tell you which Christian to marry? No, now you need the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you. Is that right? Okay. Or or what car to buy or what house to buy. 
You need the Holy Ghost to, to lead you on that. You don't want to buy a lemon, a bad car, do you? Well, the Holy Ghost knows which cars are lemons and which cars aren't. You go with, with what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. Yeah, but how, 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 do I, how do I hear from him? I'm going to tell you in just a second, but I want to say this first. Do not expect the Spirit of God to lead you specifically if you're not willing to follow him generally. I'll say it another way. If you're not willing to get into the Bible and spend some time in the Bible, I don't mean you have to be a Bible scholar, but if you're not willing to get into the Bible, uh, for example, if you're not willing to get into the Bible and find out that, uh, that you shouldn't marry somebody that's unsaved, that's general leading of the Word of God. If you're not going to follow that general leading, then don't look for Him to specifically lead you as to who to marry. Did you get what I just said? You need to follow him generally. Follow the word the best you can. And if you'll do that, then he'll lead you specifically. I'll tell you right now, there's men and women that are in miserable marriages right now. I don't mean in this room. I am just mean generally could be in this room. I don't know. I'm listening on the internet. But they would. Oh, if I just knew what you're telling me now, Pastor. Probably people on the internet listening, saying, oh, I wish I, I wish I had known that. And I'll throw this in. I won't charge you any extra. If you think you can get that sinner, if you're a Christian, you, oh, well, I met the man of my dreams or I met the woman of my dreams. They're not saved, but I'll get them. I'm going to lead them to the Lord and then they'll change. Oh, my, 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 you're being deceived. They're not going to change. And then if they do change, you're going to see their best foot put forward for a while till they get the ring on your finger. And then after the ring is on your finger, something changes. I've seen it so oft times. No, don't go to a nightclub. Don't go to a bowling alley. Don't go to a pool hall <clears throat> to find a spouse. Go to the house of God like I did. And don't go looking for a, for a spouse. Go looking for God. Seeking Him. And God has a way of working things out. He did for me and I've had heaven on earth 25 years. I found my wife in church. And I wasn't really looking for a wife. Now the Bible said he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Nothing wrong with looking. But I tell you what. Look for God more than you're looking for a spouse. Go where you're supposed to go. Go to church. Be there regular. Serve God. And God will bring the right one across your path. Can you say Amen. Okay. Now, so you say, Pastor, when I can't go to the Bible and find verbatim in the Bible what I'm supposed to do, how does the Holy Spirit lead me? Because let's go over this again. I want you to get it. What's the number one way the Spirit of God leads us? With what? The Word of God. That would be the B-I-B-L-E. That's still a book for me. You okay? So that's the number one way. But, but you know what? I can't go in here. I know it's a new Bible. I'll be careful with it. I can't go in here, and I can go in here and I can find that I'm supposed to not go out with an unsaved person, right? But I can't find in here, I can't find in here anywhere where the Bible says, Terry, thou shalt go out with Diane. Now the best I could do is, thou shalt go out with joy. But I wasn't in love with her. So what you going to do? What you going to do? Well, you're going to need to be led by 
this other way. Holy Ghost, here's how he leads you now. Are you ready for this? Speaking and going out with joy. Let me show you. When it's not verbatim in the word, let me show you. Isaiah 55, 12. Go there. Isaiah 55, 12. You'll go out with joy. And But here's the next, get this next one. Be led forth with what? Peace. I think if there's maybe one thing you've heard me say more than anything else in this church other than receive Jesus, know him. Probably the second most thing is peace versus. Why do you go over that so much, pastor? Because it can save your life. Peace versus no peace. I've probably said that 10,000 times over the last 25 years. Why? Because it can, that's, that's one of the most important things. Being led by the Spirit. And also being led by the Spirit, it's the answer to a thousand and one questions. Being led by the Spirit. Be led. Be led. Be led. Now you say, well, that's Old Testament. Uh, let me give you a New Testament. Colossians 3.15. Let's go there. Colossians 3.15. Says this, Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God, there it is again, real loud say peace. peace. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That word rule there, really, if you study into it, has the same meaning as an umpire. What does an umpire do? An umpire calls safe and out. So if you come up on a situation and you have to make a decision about something and you can't go in the Bible and find out thou shalt marry Diane or thou shalt live at, you know, what was that? 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Anybody knows who lives there? Herman Munster. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you can't go find that in the Bible, right? So what do you do? I got to buy a car. I got to buy a house. I got to, you know, which job do I take? Whatever the case uh, real loud say peace. peace. It, it's that on the inside. I don't know how to explain it other than it's just smooth. It's just like when we bought this property to build this this church on. When I walked on the property, it was smooth. It was just just right on the inside. Peace. There's been other times where, you know, we looked at another church that was already built in Fenton, down in the Fenton area, down Back behind the firehouse down there, we went in that church. It was for sale, and we walked in there. This was before we bought this property years ago. I walked in there, and guess what? <clears throat> Wasn't right. Didn't fit. Didn't, didn't, didn't have peace about it. You okay? Put it another way. A check in the spirit. Have you ever heard about that? That sometimes a check, just a, check, just a hesitancy. I'm not talking in the head now. I'm talking down here. That's where the Holy Ghost... Holy Ghost isn't in your head. He's in your heart. He's in your spirit. He's right in there. You need to lean on Him. Trust Him. Peace versus no peace. See, Christians are looking for the spectacular. They're looking for the fireworks to go off and goosebumps. That's not how the Holy Ghost leads. He, is it, people look for the spectacular and they often miss the supernatural. It's peace versus no peace. And so the, that peace works as an umpire. If there's, if there's no peace, the umpire just sit out. Don't do it. If there's peace, then the umpire, the Holy Ghost just called it safe. Go ahead and move. Okay? Are you all right? 
Now, somebody says, well, what about dreams? What about visions, audible voice, angelic appearance? Could God use those to lead us? Yes, he could, but as a general rule, he does not use these to lead his children. He could, but as a general rule, he doesn't. If he does give you a dream, vision, something like that, count on this. It must, it must, if it's from God, it'll line up with the word of God. If it doesn't, throw the dream or the vision or whatever, throw it out. Don't ever throw the word out, throw the dream or the vision out. How many of you know you can miss it and so can I? And God won't ever give you anything contradictory to his word. He doesn't contradict himself. Okay? And also, if it's from God, there'll be peace in your heart. If there's some spectacular thing that he speaks to you in a spectacular way, there'll be peace. It'll line up with his word and there'll be peace. It's interesting. Have you ever heard of the Apostle Paul? How many has ever heard of him? He got a vision one time from God to come over into Macedonia and preach. Remember that? But if you study it out, it said conclude. He got a vision in the night. He concluded that God wanted him to go over there and preach. In other words, Paul didn't just accept this dream or vision just point blank. He meditated on it. He thought about it. He considered it to be sure before he made a conclusion that it was God before he moved. Did you, did you get that? So if you get a dream, a vision, and God can speak to you through dreams. How many has ever had a crazy dream besides me? Let me give you a little tip on dreams. If it's, this is just what I've learned over the years. If God gives you a dream, if he does, when you wake up, you'll know what it is he was trying to get across to you. If you have to ponder it and think about it, and ooh, then, it, then almost certain it wasn't from the Lord. Did you get what I just said? Okay. But typically, anybody ever had a crazy, crazy dream besides me? I got this one dream where I, I play golf some, not as much as I used to. But I had this crazy dream like there's a wall right here, like a wall right here. And I got to hit the ball that way. And I got to put the tee right there. And I, I can't take it back. That's just a crazy dream. God's not trying to tell me anything. Just a crazy dream. Are you Okay. Do what? Who's got the interpretation? You, Joe, what'd you say? He said you got the interpretation. Oh, you don't. Okay. Do you have it? Give up golf. Okay. 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 You need to realize that Satan can appear as an angel of light. And so can his ministers. Just be aware of that. Okay. You getting anything out of this? Let me go on a little further. Go to Acts 15, verse 34, talking about peace, just trying to show you what it is. Do you remember Paul and Barnabas? How many has ever heard of Paul and Barnabas? You know, they had an argument one time. Can you imagine these two men of God? They got in an argument and they had a falling out and they parted company. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine two Christians getting an argument? Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine that. <laughs> You can't imagine a husband and a wife getting in an argument. Can you? I can't imagine that. <laughs> but Silas, see, because they got in a falling out. Now, now Paul is going to need a new ministry partner. And uh, how many would like to be a ministry partner with Paul? Oh, yeah, it would be good until you went in jail. I mean, you know. And, but that having been said, I kind of trapped you into that one. But Silas... 
this man named Silas went to the went to Antioch. He didn't know Paul and Barnabas were going to have a fallen out. And and he went there for Silas had to go there and he 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 didn't know Paul and Barnabas were going to have fallen out as I said. And he's there and some of his buddies leave. But notice Silas stayed in Antioch. Look at Acts 15:34. Notice how he was led here. However, it what? It what? I'm going to belabor this now. It what? It it what? Did it say that God appeared to him in a dream? A vision? Angelic appearance? Audible voice? It just what? It seemed good. Peace. Seemed good to Silas to remain there. And in verse 40, Paul chose Silas and departed. He, He got in on... The second greatest ministry that this planet has ever seen, first being Jesus, just because it seemed good. See, a lot of times we're looking for dreams and visions and this, that, and the other. And we don't need to look any further than our seamer. The Holy Ghost on the inside. I say that with all due respect. Do you understand? Now, how many of you would like to miss a shipwreck? How many of you would like to not get on the plane that crashes? Huh? How many of you would like to go this way instead of that way and miss an accident? All right, now I've got everybody's full attention. Now let's go to Acts 27, verse 9. Now when much time had been spent and sailing was dangerous. This was Paul. They're getting, he's getting ready to go on this trip here. He's a prisoner, so he doesn't have any... Choice in the matter. He's a prisoner. And sailing was now dangerous. Now what do we say about using your brain? If it's dangerous, use your brain. Right? Don't go. Don't go. If there's a big ice storm out, Cindy Pressler, Dave Murray, Kent Earhart, you know who they are? They're all telling you don't do it. Then you better what? Don't do it. Don't go out. Right? Use your brain. Anyway, it's dangerous. The fast is already over. Paul advised them, saying, men, I what? I perceived. Now, from that, he didn't, I don't see where he got a dream, a vision, or anything like that. He just perceived on the inside. Didn't have peace about it. That this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Not only the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not getting on that ship. Not unless I, not unless they, they strap me in chains and put me on there. I'm not getting on there. You need to seek the Lord before you take flights and before you get on jets. I know most of them are safe, but you still need to seek the Lord. Amen? And see, now I don't like to fly as it is. So before I get on a jet, you gotta be real sure you got the peace. And so I get a little clouded because that fear, you know, fear can cloud your spirit up a little bit. Is it okay if I admit to you that I'm a little bit afraid to fly? No, I'm not afraid to fly. I'm afraid of coming down and... Well, you understand. So I, I lean on my wife. I lean on her. Because she loves to do all that. And if she... <laughs> and it, I, I remember we was going to go on vacation in 2001. Fall of the year. We're going to be up in the Washington, D.C. area. 
Anybody remember? And, 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 and I, see, she's a vacationer. I don't really care to go on vacation. I live in the great metropolis of Fenton. I'm, I've got everything in Fenton here that I need. Why do I need to leave? So I'm right here, grown, born, and bred right here in Fenton. You okay? So, so I, we're going to go to Washington, D.C., and my wife says, I, I just don't have peace about that. I said, what are you talking about? She doesn't have peace to go on vacation? Now, if she doesn't have peace to go on vacation, I'm not going on vacation. Did you hear me? Well, does anybody remember what happened in the fall of 2001? 9-11. We'd have been up in that area. Peace versus no peace. And sometimes I try to help the pilots out. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. We were, we were at a certain place. I guess we were in Cancun on vacation one year. And we are getting ready to fly back. And I looked at the CNN weather or whatever it was. And I saw there was a, a, a big storm up over the midsection of the country. And so I like to watch the pilots. When they come in, they come in and get coffee. So I, it always embarrasses my wife. But I'm looking for them to get off the jet. And I saw there was a big storm up there. And so I caught one of them. And, 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 and I said, sir, I'm a pastor from St. Louis. That did impress him. I, I said, I don't fly much. That, that did impress him. I said, uh, there's a big storm up there in the midsection of the country of the United States. I said, you all are aware of that, aren't you? We picked it up on the radar. I said... And I didn't say anything. And he looked at me and he said, we're going to fly in and come in on the backside of it, come up over Texas. It's going to take about 20 minutes longer, but it'll be much safer. Is that all right with you? I said, uh-huh, that'd be just fine. Can I buy you a cup of coffee or just whatever you want? That'd be just fine. Can you say amen? Yeah, it embarrasses my wife. But I want to know who's flying that plane. How about you? I said, I want to know who's flying that plane. How about you? You okay? Say, I perceive. Now, I'm teasing with you there, but I tell you what, it's very serious stuff we're talking about. Now, look at verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Isn't that sad? And when you get right down to it, money had something to do with it. There's no money more important than your life. Did you hear me? And how many even know it ended in shipwreck and disaster, didn't it? And Paul got in there, he interceded, and, and, and as a result of him interceding, bless God, I know the angel of God did stand by him and said that, that essentially that, that nobody on the ship was going to get killed. That's good. But they still lost the ship and all the cargo. Is that right? And then I'll just throw this in, won't charge you any extra. Remember up on the Isle of Malta, remember that? How many remembers that? Paul went out, we're talking about being led by the Spirit. He went out and he got a, some sticks, didn't he? Threw the sticks in the fire and then a serpent came out and bit him. How come Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How come that? How come God didn't show him that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. Being a man of God, what did he do to the snake? Shook it off in the fire, didn't hurt him, and he went right on. Can you say amen? Isn't this wonderful? Serving God so much fun, isn't it? Let me just tell you this, as it pertains to living for God, be a goer. Don't, don't sit at home and be afraid. Be a goer. I've had to learn this. Be a goer. How many of you know God's bigger than the devil and the angels are bigger than the devil? Right? Be a goer. Be a green light Christian. Unless the Holy Spirit gives you a red light, 
Just go. You know what I mean? A red light, lack of peace. But be a goer. Didn't Jesus say, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Is that right? Look at Acts 16.6. But as you go preaching the gospel, as you go serving the Lord, Paul was in the midst of preaching the gospel. Now when they had, this is Acts 16.6, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were what? Forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Well, if the Holy Spirit forbids you, then don't go. Now, somebody said, well, doesn't God want the gospel to go everywhere? Yes, he does. This was, I think, Paul's second journey. And he forbid him to go there on his second journey. But on his third journey, the Holy Spirit allowed him to go to Asia. Now, why did God not want him to go there at this time? I don't know. I don't understand all of that. I'm not God, but you better follow God. Is that right? And God did get the word of God, the gospel to Asia, but it was just the wrong time. There's sometimes people may not be ready just right then to hear the gospel. It might have cost Paul his life. I don't know, but he was sensitive to the spirit. How did the spirit forbid him? I don't know, but he was sensitive. Probably just didn't have peace about it. Look at verse 7. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not what? Permit him. Oh, guys, be sensitive to the spirit. Guys and gals, be sensitive to him. Amen? Now, I said earlier, the Holy Spirit, he, did he lead Jesus into the paradise or into the wilderness? The wilderness. Isn't there a scripture in Psalm 23, he leads me beside the still waters? It's nice when he leads us beside the still waters, but he doesn't always. Sometimes he leads us into the, into the wilderness and God has his reasons for those things. I'll tell you this much, I've grown, I've grown more spiritually by God leading me into tough times than I have by the still waters. Did you hear what I just said? I said I've grown, grown far more. Now, I, I, I'm far more of a benefit to people now. By God leading me into the tough times. Because he's always brought me out. But I learned more in those tough times. Than when he leads me beside the still waters. Don't get upset with the Lord when he leads you into tough times. He'll deliver you out of it. And you come out better than when you went in it. Did you hear me? Now, now we'll close with, with this. Look at Acts 20. Go to verse 22. We'll close with this. And see, Paul said, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. So he knew he was supposed to go to Jerusalem, but he didn't have all the details. God doesn't always give us the details. I wish he did, but he doesn't. That's where faith comes in. He'll just tell us the first step. He'll maybe give us some parts of it, of what he wants us to do. But we have to take a step of faith. He said, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Now, where is he supposed to go to where? Jerusalem. Real loud, say Jerusalem. And then verse 23, he says, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying. Now, how did the Holy Spirit say? Probably through tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of prophecy. Gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, you can read on up on those. They're still valid for today. I know sometimes that makes people nervous, but the Holy Ghost is still moving today. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now, how many people right there would say, that couldn't be the Holy Spirit. God would never lead me into a tough spot. Well, hopefully from what I've shared with you today, does God sometimes lead us into tough spots? So here you got Paul picking up by the Spirit, Spirit of God's testifying in every city. Maybe those pastors or those some friends of his that he trusted in ministry. 
uh, where, where the Holy Spirit was moving through them and saying that chains and, 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 fl- and tribulations abide in. that right? Chains and tribulations. Now notice here, Acts, 24, ver- Acts 21 verse 4. And finding disciples. Paul was on his way to Jerusalem and he went through this area and he found some disciples. These are people that believed on the Lord Jesus. We stayed there seven days and they told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. Now, wait a minute. Paul knows in his heart that the Spirit of God wants him to go to Jerusalem. Now, these disciples are telling him through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. And some say that, oh, the Holy Ghost is contradicting himself. No, he didn't contradict himself. The Holy Spirit wanted Paul to go to Jerusalem. These disciples, no doubt, praying for Paul, picked up that if he goes to Jerusalem, that he's going to get in trouble there. And these being good Christian people, wanted the best for Paul. They were well-meaning, so guess what they did? They put their own... Oh, take notes on this. This is worth coming to church for. They put their own interpretation on what the Holy Spirit was saying, and they were trying to talk him out of the will of God. Did you get what I just said? Well-meaning people that love you with all their heart can very often times talk you right out of the will of God. That's why you need to know what God's saying to you for yourself. They didn't mean Paul any harm. They, I'm convinced they picked up in the spirit. Yeah, if he goes there, he's going to get chains and tribulations. So let's let's <laughs> that must mean she you put your own interpretation. That must mean the spirit of God doesn't want him to go. Let's talk him out of the will of God. Now, that's not what their heart was. They but that's what they were. Did you get what I just said? I've had well-meaning people over the years try to talk me out of what God told me to do. You can't let that happen. Now, notice verse uh, Acts 21. I'm almost done. Acts 21, verse 10. He's moving on, on down the road now to Jerusalem. And we stayed, and as we stayed many days, a certain prophet. Now, this guy's a prophet. He's on a higher ministry plane than the disciples. Named Agabus came down from Judea. When he'd come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, thus says the Holy Spirit. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Is that what the spirit had been saying to Paul? Yeah. Now, did the prophet try to lead him? No. The prophet gave him real loud, say confirmation. That's what a true man of God will do is won't try to lead you, lead you or direct you, but bring confirmation. And then, verse 12, now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Do you see? They're still well-meaning people trying to talk him out of the will of God. They put their own interpretation. Oh, well, oh, this, this, he, Paul's going to get in trouble there, so we've got to talk him out of going. Are you, get, are you getting that? Don't let well-meaning people talk you out of what, what God wants you to do. Then notice verse 13. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded. See, this was a seasoned minister of the gospel. He knew the spirit of God. God used him to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. You understand that? He would not be persuaded. You need to be the same way. You find out what God wants you to do and then don't be persuaded to move off of it unless the Lord moves you off of it. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased. We stopped trying to talk him out of it, saying the will of the Lord be done. Real loud say the will of the Lord be done. One more time, the will of the Lord be done. 
Did you get anything out of this today? Stand with me if you would. I preached a little bit long, but I think it was worth worth the time. Amen. All right. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Our, our altar ministers will be up here. If you're here today, now listen carefully. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to do that before you leave. There's really a heaven above. There's really a hell beneath. There really, really is. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But the only way 